Thanks for listening to the LifePoint Church podcast. Visit us online at lifepointcentral.com. So it's a joyful 20th. It's not a year of joy. It's a year of joyful, full joy. That's what God told us to prophesy over our lives for 2023. Just want to encourage you on the way out. If you haven't, we have a, a joyful wall out there. Stop in front of that. Have someone click your picture. Make it, you know, your, your, your screen on your phone and your computer just to remind you um, that it is a joyful 23. And you can grab a free magnet back there. There's also a, a LifePoint journal. Note, if you uh, want to take notes, a friend of mine says it this way, that note takers are history makers. So take some notes because I um, don't want you to forget uh, the message. I know you never forget my messages. Sometimes I forget my messages. Um, sometimes we forget them by the time we get in the car and get out in the parking lot and figure out where we're going to eat, right? So we need to write some things down so we can recall it. And so we, are, we started last weekend, uh, 21 days of prayer and fasting. And as I mentioned, we're not telling you what to fast, just set something aside to just seek God for the next 21 days. And if you're like, oh man, I wasn't here, I didn't get on that, well, you, you can jump in and do 14 days of prayer and fasting, right? You, you, can, you can start today, we'll end that up on the end of, of the month. And just to remind you, uh, every Wednesday in January, we're having what we call Nights of Joy. How many were here Wednesday night? Wasn't it awesome? I mean, God was here in a powerful way, so... This Wednesday, be here at 7 o'clock. And so all this month, I've been challenging you to ask God this question. God, what do you want to do in me? And what do you want to do for me? And what do you want to do through me in 2023? How many know that's a good question? And that's what I want you to ask God during these, uh, these three weeks of prayer and fasting, just in your own time. God, what is it that you want to, you want to do in me? God wants to do some stuff in you. He needs to do some stuff in you. Are y'all, are y'all awake? And God wants to do some stuff for you. And God wants to do some stuff through you. Just don't tell God all of your goals that you're asking. God, what, what's, what, what are you saying? And so we're, um, we're trying to help you with that and, and, and direct you on that in this series that we started last Sunday. And I want to read a couple scriptures I read last Sunday and jump into part two of a series that we're in. So this is Ecclesiastes chapter three, verse one. Are y'all, y'all ready to rock and roll this morning? All right, if you'll keep that enthusiasm, you'll help me preach this up. And, and I believe at the end of the message this morning, we're going to have some ministry time. And I believe God's going to help you over a hurdle this morning. Here we go. Ecclesiastes 3, 1, 2. Everything, there is a what? A season and there's a time for every matter or for every purpose under heaven. Everything, there's a season. So the Bible is very clear that our lives are made up of seasons. Just like in the natural, we go through seasons, spring, summer, fall, winter. We go through seasons in life, different ages. Sometimes some of you are, some of you are in a, a, maybe a, a season of, of, of small children. Some of you may be in a season of teenagers, some of you maybe are, are in a season uh, where uh, your, your children are, are getting a little bit older and they're married, starting their own family. But they're all, we go through seasons. But the Bible doesn't just say that there are seasons, it says that there are seasons and times. We could say it this way, there are appointed times. So in the seasons of our lives, 
There are these appointed times, uh, and we can say it this way. There are these anointed times. There are these opportunistic times. There are these times that we're pregnant with things that God wants to birth. So within the seasons of our lives, there are these very specific and significant things that God wants to do in us, for us, and through us. Amen. Uh, Let me jump over to the New Testament and and talk about that a little bit. This is Ephesians chapter 5, great passage of of Scripture. It says, so if there are seasons and times, then, then look what the Bible says. So then look carefully how you live or how you walk. And I love this. It says, live what? Purposefully and worthily and accurately. How many want to live accurately and purposefully? Not as the unwise and the witless, but as the wise, as the sensible, and as intelligent people. The season that we're in right now with all the chaos and controversy in our country and our culture and the world, I want you to know it's just a season, but in this season, God also has appointed times, and so we got to live what? Accurately. We got to live purposefully. We got to live wise and accurate, not witless. Amen. Here's all that really means. It means we should be living alert right now. We, we should be living aware right now and diligent. Isn't that good? Let's read on. Verse 16. So then we should make the most of the time. We should buy up every opportunity because the days are evil around us. Now, in the New Testament, when the Bible talks about time, it referenced, there's these three different Greek words. They're actually based off of three different Greek gods. And the first word is aeon. And it's this idea of time continuing to pass. And especially it has, it would be more of a way of saying time passes into eternity. Or there, as time comes and time goes. So there's this overall idea of time. Then within that framework, there's, there's this word chronos. And chronos is basically our way of describing time. It's the seconds, it's the minutes, it's the hours, it's the 24 hours. We say things like this, I've only got 24 hours to get X, Y, Z done. You ever feel like that? Every week, got so much time. That's how time passes for us in, under the umbrella of, of time. Makes sense so far? But then there's another word in the, in the New Testament, it's the word kairos. And what it literally means is within, within the structure of time, We have our way of of 24 hours and seconds and minutes, but God has a different way of looking at time. And he looks at time with these appointed moments, these anointed moments, these opportunistic moments, these assigned moments, these innovative moments in time that God creates God moments. That's how God looks at time. So I would say this to you, time is passing. Culture is passing. Time is moving from one age to the next. But within that, we're living our moments in time. But I, you've got to hear that in the, in the normal chronos of time, there are kairos moments from God. We're just not going into a new year. There are going to be some kairos moments that God has some amazing things for you in 2023. So the Bible says because of that, Buy up the opportunities, live out those opportunities, live aware for what God's doing, not just that time is passing. So when someone says this year, how's it going? Well, you know, different day, different dollar, same old thing. No, you say, God's got some divine moments this year. It lets us live with some expectancy. Hey, the world's going crazy, right? But God is still a God of goodness. Amen. 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 When the world's at its worst, God's at his absolute best. 
So the world can be going crazy, but God's got some amazing Kairos moments for his church in the hour that we're living in. Now that phrase, buy up time, some translation says it this way, redeem the time because the days are evil. It means two things, that God's going to redeem moments from the mundane. I love that. In other words, he's got some God moments in the mundane changing of time. It also means this, that God's redeeming the ungodly direction of social culture. Come on, how many know that social culture is not moving in a godly direction? So our lives, we're to buy up opportunity. We're to buy into what God's doing this year. And God wants to buy up the mundane. He wants to buy up the ungodly direction that the rest of culture is going. Isn't that cool? Verse 17 goes on and says, so therefore... Well, therefore what? Because of God having some kairos moments, therefore, don't be vague, don't be thoughtless and foolish, but understand and, and really firmly grasp what the will of the Lord is. Grab the, grasp the will of the Lord this year, the will of God this year. What's that mean? That's asking God, God, what do you want to do in me, for me, and through me in 2021? Three. So we, we, we started talking about those scriptures last weekend, and I started a series. I'll wrap it up next week, just, next week, just called My Best Year Yet. What if I said to you, this could be your best year yet? So when I say that, a couple things happen in the room, in your thoughts. One is it's exciting, because how many know the new year is always exciting? It's just a, a fresh opportunity. But somewhere in the back of our minds, we struggle with that because we also know some of us are thinking, well, that's just excitement or well, this didn't go my way or I wasn't expecting that. Or if you knew the challenge I was facing right now or you knew the obstacle that was going on in my life right now, you know why I'm struggling to really believe that. Well, some of you are thinking you're just trying to excite us. I am trying to excite you because if God's involved, we can always live with this supernatural anticipation. But when I say to you that, that it could be your best year yet, I really felt like there are three hurdles that you and I need to deal with in our lives if we're going to see our best year yet. And the first hurdle, we talked about this last week, and that's the hurdle of confidence. So last weekend, we, we talked about how to clear the hurdle of confidence because we all deal with doubt that it could really be our best year. Now, I would encourage you to just go back and watch that. I don't have time to, to really review all of that. But I want to reference this other hurdle this morning, and it's the hurdle of completion. The reason why we struggle with maybe really believing that it could be our best year yet is because our mind, our heart, our lives are sometimes connected to an experience in our yesterday and just like we have to overcome this confidence hurdle and overcome doubt, we also have to be able to come some, overcome some things that are holding us back in our yesterday. We have a hard time believing that tomorrow is our breakthrough because of last year or last decade or, or in our past was so bad or so rough or so challenging or so disappointing or we came up against something we just didn't expect or know how to handle and so we're letting yesterday predict and prophesy our tomorrow and we have a really hard time embracing that God that it could be our best year yet because we went through a season that was not our best am I talking to anybody this morning so here's my title this morning conquering the completion hurdle 
We had to clear the confidence. Or we're, we're going to conquer this completion hurdle this morning. And you and I, just like we can't fully experience our best in 2023, if, if doubt is overcoming us, listen to this, we, we, can't, we can't really conquer that completion hurdle or experience the best year yet if we are too tied into yesterday. Because what happens if we're too tied to yesterday, our focus starts getting cluttered. Our focus starts getting cluttered. Our, our hearts get cluttered. Our energy gets drained. Our, 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 our focus is distracted because we're dragging yesterday into our tomorrow. You know, I, I never forget, it's, it's been several years ago. Now it was 1999. And I, I think my oldest daughter was about 18 months. My youngest daughter wasn't even married yet. We, we went through a rough time working for a certain church. They got rid of the whole staff. Took a few months, but, but God directed us to move to um, North Canton, Ohio and join a church staff there. And, and we knew it was God. It was amazing how it worked out. And so it, um, we spent a couple months getting ready, driving back and forth. And then we had to make the big move. And it's kind of funny now, but, but at the time, we didn't have a lot of stuff, but we had stuff. How I many of you, you just collect stuff? And so we, we were moving it. And I'm telling you, some of you have no idea what I'm talking about, but a lot of you will remember the Clampets, the Beverly Hillbillies. I felt like we looked like the Beverly Hillbillies moving into Ohio. Um, first of all, they gave us the biggest um, U-Haul truck that they had, but it was old. And it had this massive steering wheel, and it just looked really, really rough. And here we come moving into town, and it had this big stick shift, and I'm doing this all the way through all of this traffic. And and we had a pickup truck behind that and a car behind that. And I just had stuff. And we got there, and I'm like, why did I bring this stuff into a rental unit? I mean, we had stuff we just had. People gave us old furniture, old, I mean, we had these two big um, um, clothesline poles we were dragging in the back of a pickup truck. It just, stuff was stacked up everywhere. And I thought, these people probably think, well, the clampets have arrived and the property value is about to decrease. And, but we just drug all this stuff with us. And sometimes we, dra- we drag this bunch of stuff. And honestly, some of it was just stuff. Some of it was junk. But we just drag it into our future. We drag it into our next season. And we're like, why do I have this stuff in my new season? Are you with me? And I'm telling you, it was just a funny image of of pulling in in this really nice neighborhood and everybody looking at, who is this bunch of people from West Virginia? (laughs) Don't look at me like you don't have any junk. (laughs) Galatians chapter 6, verse 9. And let us not grow weary. How many of you can grow weary? I I like this verse because it doesn't say, and don't get weary. It says, don't grow weary. Things can grow in our lives. Good stuff can grow and bad stuff can grow. You know, if you have a flower bed or a garden, um, veggies grow flowers grow, but how we know sometimes the weeds grow too. But we can actually grow weary trying to do good, trying to believe for the best. We can grow weary. So the Bible says, let us not grow weary for in due season, everyone say do, you will reap if you don't lose heart. Now I feel like I'm talking to some people this morning, maybe not 
the entire crowd, or maybe I'm talking to someone at home today or someone who watched this in a couple of days, um, but we can grow weary. And when we grow weary, the Bible is really clear that there are, it really means your mind gets wore out. And your focus in your mind gets replaced with worry. And what happens is your mind gets wore out and you lose heart. You can get distressed in your heart. Maybe it's because something in your yesterday and your yesterday could have been as long ago as years or as soon as ago as a few months ago. Maybe you've grown weary just because there were some disappointments, some letdowns, some things just didn't go quite like you thought, or maybe something surprised you and shook you and really challenged you. Maybe some things haven't happened yet. Maybe there's discouragement set in or maybe just some, some shock for some things or you're still believing for something and that door hasn't quite opened yet and that breakthrough hasn't quite happened yet. But I want you to know that the Bible is really, really clear. There is a due season. There is a due season. And I want to challenge you, don't let yourself grow weary. You don't just wake up weary, you grow weary. And so I, before I pump you up this morning, I, I want you to know that I, I got stuck on that verse. And I was like, God, I, I need to pray this out. I need to, I need to seek this, this, this thought out about growing weary. And, and I, I will encourage you with this, that don't you love it when faith is working? But you know, faith and fear, faith and doubt can work in you at the same time. You just got to keep feeding faith. You got to keep feeding faith. So don't get down just because you got some disappointment or some doubt. Doesn't mean you're any less of a believer, but you got to keep feeding the faith. Don't stop believing. Amen. But I was thinking about this and I said, God, what, what is it that keeps us what is it that we keep dragging behind us? What is it? What are those things that are wearing us out? And I, I made a screen for you because I think these, these three things can summarize all of us. And so go ahead and pop that screen up there, guys. Regret, irritation, and procrastination. And I'm going to explain each one of those. And let's start with the first one, regret. Everyone say regret. Well, it's one of those emotions or feelings that it's easy to understand, but it, this is how it's defined. It's emotional distress from something we've done. Has anyone ever had some regret? It's emotional distress in our lives over something that we have done. And I will tell you, they say there's healthy regret and there's unhealthy regret. So what's healthy regret? Well, healthy regret is when you feel remorse over something, you're able to repent and you're, you're able to release it and begin to move on in life. Unhealthy regret is to get stuck in the remorse and live a life of condemnation over you where you can't seem to, to, to break out of the condemnation and you can't seem to break out of those feelings and believe God has redeemed you and you can't believe God has new things for you because you're stuck on something. It's a condemning spirit. 
but regret. There's a lot of things we have regret over. Some of us have relational regret. Some of us have financial regret. Some of us have career regret or education regret. I wish I'd have gone to this school or I, I wish I had taken that job or I, I wish that I had pursued that relationship or I wish I would have pursued this career path. And so we get stuck in this, this regret thing in our lives. And it's a hurdle. Any of you that are sitting here and, and you really know that you've made some mistakes, you made some failures in any of those areas, this hurdle may seem a lot bigger than this one that's on stage. And it keeps replaying over and over and over and over and over in your mind to where it's like you trying to drag all of your junk into your next season and you can't get there because the regret is bigger than tomorrow. It's like trying to drive into your future stuck staring into the rearview mirror. I thought thought this was interesting. They say that about one-third of Americans all have tattoos now. Nothing wrong with your tattoos, but one out of every four regret getting a tattoo. How many know there's no autocorrect on on the tattoo needle? But the number one growing cosmetic industry in our country is the removal of tattoos. It's, It's not other procedures anymore. It's the removal of tattoos. And this isn't like an illustration about whether you should get a tattoo or not. It's just saying some things we can visibly regret doing or having. And whether you regret that or not, a lot of people... I I remember this story. This is a few years back. A a student ministry that that I used to lead when when Pastor Diane and I were in Ohio. And we had this guy who was just really in. He was a part of our security team. And um, we we had been through a season and we were going to change some things. And so we were getting ready to roll out new vision and new logos for the ministry and all of, all of this stuff. And, and so it was right before service kicked off and this guy comes in and goes, I want to show you, I got a tattoo. I'm like, Oh, all right. And so he rolls up his sleeve and he got the tattoo that we'd used for like the last five or six years on his arm. It was real big. And, uh, I was just getting ready to walk out and show everyone a brand new logo for the next season of our ministry. And he says this really weird comment to me. He says, I knew this would never change. And then he says this. Yeah, you think that? He says, I was either going to get a tattoo of my wife's name or the ministry's name. And he said, you know, you never know with your wife if you're always going to be together or not. So I knew this would last forever. I'm like, well, that's awesome. And I went, I didn't know, what was I going to tell him? Like, I walked out, the next thing I said was, here's our new logo. So he stuck branded to yesterday. And a lot of us get branded to yesterday. So he thought that ministry, and a year later I left. So obviously that ministry didn't last. But he's got the tattoo. He's got the tattoo. I mean, sometimes things in life have tattooed us. Amen? It's regret. And there's another area, not just regret, I would call this next area um, irritation. That's when you feel annoyed, angry, harassed, hurt, wounded over something that maybe you didn't do, but something that happened to you. And in your life, you just keep going back to that moment, that memory, 
Not so much that maybe you did something, but somebody did something to you. It could have been an injustice, a wound, a happening. They did you wrong. They did, and it, 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 it's just in your life, it's just an, a point of irritation. The best way I can explain it, have you ever had that itch? Right back there. And it won't let up. And, and, and you can't seem to get to it. It's just out of your, but it's just there and it's constant. It, it's enough to keep irritating you and to causing you discomfort and causing you irritation. And we all have these points and places in our life of irritation. It, and it could be struggling to forgive somebody who offended you or hurt you or did you wrong and it's just stuck as a point of irritation in your life and every time you get going forward guess what it does it irritates you and you can't go into your next season either it's regret that's holding you back or irritation it keeps sticking and your mind just keeps going there and it's just a point of irritation maybe you're hurt over a heartbreak stuck with this how about this with the why question such a little three-letter word that looks enormous. Why did they do this? Why didn't that happen? Why, why? And our why sometimes grows bigger and bigger and bigger. And it eventually just turns into this fear. Now, what are we talking about? The Bible says don't grow weary or it will, it will negate your due season. And it could be that your, your regret and your yesterday is looming larger than your tomorrow, or it could be just that sticky point, that irritation point, that thing that happened. And it could be a why with someone else, or let's just be honest, it could be a why toward God. And it's a sticky point in our life. And it will challenge your expectations. Or it could just be this big, long word, procrastination. Procrastination is just what you put off. So regret is something you have done. Irritation is something that's happened to you. Or procrastination could just be something that hasn't happened yet or that you haven't fulfilled. And I believe these three areas, guess what they do? They wear us out. They wear out our minds and just fill us with worry and fill us with fear, and we lose our expectation, we lose our anticipation. It affects our happiness, it affects our joy, it affects our peace, and it erodes our hope. And I'm up here telling you that it could be your best year yet, it could be a year full of joy, God could be doing some amazing things in you, for you, through you. I could be prophesying to you that no matter how crazy the world is right now, no matter what is going on, I'll preach about it in a couple of weeks, but no matter all of that, it could be the best season for you and the church. But right now, you're having a struggle believing because you feel worn out. You're feeling worn out. Your mind's been worn out. Your heart's been distressed. Could you guys put that slide up again? The regret, the irritation, and the procrastination. I just want to point out something to you. Do you see those first three letters? R.I.P. Can we let this stuff rest in peace this year? Can we let God R.I.P. this area of our lives? I, I, I want you to hear what I'm about to say. I don't have a slide on this. I want to say this out loud. I just want you to receive this. 
Are you ready? Here it is. Your failure does not have to be final. Your fear does not have to last forever. And your frustrations don't have to be infinite. I need to say it again because a third of you got it. Elbow the person, say, wake up, pay attention, he's talking to you. Because I'm talking about your, your regrets, your points of irritation, and your procrastination. Once again, there are some things maybe you did or allowed and you are regretting it. There are some points of irritation. God, why did you allow this? Why am I dealing with this? Why did this happen to me? Or that procrastination, God told me to do this, but I didn't launch, I didn't launch that business. I, I didn't pursue this. I, I didn't do that. God told me to get free. Of that. And I just, we, we procrastinated. We have regret. We have irritation. Let's let it rest in peace. Your failure does not have to be final. Your fear does not have to be forever. And your frustrations do not have to be infinite. Someone say amen. And I want you to stop trying to drive into your future, pulling a trailer full of broken furniture, trying to figure out how it's going to fit into your next season. It doesn't have to go into your next season. It doesn't have to arrive in your next season. You say, well, how does that happen? Because we serve someone that is described this way, the Redeemer. God has the power to reverse. He has the power to restore. He has the power to heal. He has the power to mend. He has the power to recycle, rejuvenate, and revive. Let me give you a couple verses. I want to give you some good points, and I want to minister to you this morning. Isaiah chapter 43, verse 18. I want you to know, the Bible says this in the book of Timothy, that all scripture is God-breathed. Is God inspired. Men wrote it, but God breathed on them. The Bible is not inerrant. There, it, it is accurate. There are no errors in it. It still works today. God breathed his word. This is him. It's his mentality. And so God said this in the book of Isaiah, and I want you to grasp it. Remember we read the scripture, we got to be able to grasp the will of God. What I'm about to read to you is the will of God. And I know you've heard this verse before. Verse, chapter 43, verse 18. Forget, I'm glad that's in there. I'm good at this sometimes. I forget what I should remember and I sort of don't remember what I should forget. Did I say that right? I can't say it again. Anyways, forget, forget what? The former things. Let the irritation, let the regret, let the procrastination rest in peace. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the what? The past. Did y'all get that? So Israel was in Babylonian captivity. And they've been in captivity. And it, the, the understanding of this, this, this context is that they feel like they are where they should be because they have regret over how they've acted. They, they, they feel like they, they're deserving of their banishment. They're, they're deserving of their captivity. And they feel like they deserve what's going on. They're distanced from God's best. But God promises them something different, even though they feel like they deserve it. And it's a command. Forget the former things. Do not keep dwelling on the past. That's for somebody. And then he goes on and tells us why. See. He wants us to see it. I am doing a new thing. Oh, don't read through that too fast. Give me everyone's attention. Forget the former things. 
Don't dwell on the past because I'm doing a new thing. If you keep dwelling on yesterday, you will miss the new thing. And it says new thing, not recycled thing. New thing. Look at me like you believe me. God can do a new thing in you, for you, and through you. He's a creative God. He can create a miracle in your body, a miracle in your money, a miracle in your marriage, a miracle in your mind, a miracle in your situation. He has ability to create. He is a creative God. He was creative in Genesis. He's creative through the Bible. He's creative in the hour that we're in right now. I will do a new thing. Can you stop him? Yes, you can. Dragging your yesterday, dwelling on your past, you can stop the creative power of God. Or you can cooperate with the creative power of God. You can believe the creative power of God. He says, see, I'm doing a new thing. It springs up. Don't you perceive it? You have a hard time seeing it and perceiving it when you're stuck in your regret, your point of irritation, and your procrastination. I'll make a way in the wilderness. I'll even make a stream in the wasteland. What God is saying is, if your yesterday was, was a wasteland, if your yesterday was the wilderness, if your yesterday had regret, if your yesterday had a point of irritation, if you procrastinated something yesterday, God is still so good that what will he do? He'll make a new thing even in the middle of your dry season, in the, even in the middle of your doubt, even in the middle of your hardship, even in the middle of your challenge, God can do a new thing. If you just cooperate with him, let go of the regret, let go of the irritation, let go of the procrastination, and just embrace God's doing a new thing. Isn't that good? It can spring up. And I want you to embrace this thought. Just because you don't see it does not mean it's not happening right now. Just because you don't feel it doesn't mean the word's not working. Just because you don't see it doesn't mean, just because it looks like the opposite is challenging you does not mean don't grow weary. Don't get worn out. There's a due season. And I hear you. Well, I've been due. I feel like I'm past due. You ever meet a lady who's past due? Like the last thing you can say is when you're due. I was due like two weeks ago. She is irritated. She is angry. You ever talk to that woman? Any, anyone ever been that woman? <laughs> His baby was supposed to come out two weeks ago. <laughs> Where's that man that did this to me? <laughs> I get it. You're discouraged, a little angry. When's this going to happen? Don't grow weary. There's a due season. My wife pointed this out to me. This is 2023. And she looked up the meaning of the, of the number 23. It means change, innovation, and progress. Change, innovation, and progress. You know what that means? In 23, God could make the change for you, in you, and through you that needs to happen. It could be the year that God just does something totally innovative in your life. It could be the thing that you make progress where you thought progress couldn't happen anymore. All right, let's go to the New Testament. If that didn't get you, this one will. Philippians, this is um, chapter three, two verses. Brothers and sisters, that's us. 
I do not consider, Paul's saying, I don't consider that uh, I've grabbed a hold of it yet. Maybe you haven't grabbed a hold of it yet. Maybe it hasn't broke through yet. Maybe you haven't seen it yet. Maybe you haven't experienced it yet. Paul said, uh, even if I haven't um, got a hold of it yet, this is what he's saying, uh, um, but there's one thing I do. And then he, he says one thing I do, but he actually, it's more than one thing, but it means at the same time. He says this, I forget what. Maybe you feel like your yesterday has outgrown your tomorrow. You've just lost sight of God because God's bigger in your tomorrow than he was in your yesterday. He's not done. There's a new season. I do not consider that I've taken a hold of it. One thing I do, I forget what's behind and I strain toward what's ahead. Thank you for the enthusiasm. I press on. Look at elbow someone said, it's time to press on. I press on toward the goal. What's the goal? What God wants to do in you, for you, and through you. I press on for what God has called me to. Heavenward, upward. He always takes you what? Upward. Here's what that means. The word forget means I choose not to recall it. I neglect it. So progress isn't hindered. I've got, I've got to give it over to, to neglect. And I press on. Press on means I strain forward, I reach forward, I press the limits, I pursue hard, I bear down on it. It's the idea of a cop chasing a criminal. The best way I can explain it. Remember back in the day, that song, Bad Boys, Bad Boys, What You Gonna Do? Remember that? What was that show? Cops, yeah. <laughs> I trying to think of what the name of it was. Cops, I love they would come on, and I don't know about you, but I love the moment where the, where the officers chase down the criminal. Because criminals are crazy, especially on a car chase. You ever watch car chases like, like in L.A.? There's like a thousand cops in every city. The chances of you getting away. But it's this idea of a cop bearing down on the criminal. It's the idea of a hunter going after his prey. You got to bear down on it. You got to strain. You got to press forward. Keep believing God forward. For the prize. What's the prize? It's what you put under the microscope. It's what you put on, on your focus. And just because I say it's a joyful year, just say it's just because I say it's your best year yet, that is the will of God. But it doesn't mean it just pops up. It pops up when you bear down on it. Keep it in focus. Don't let yourself get worn out and say, it's time for my due season. I am preaching better than you're responding this morning. Because the enemy has kept you in a fog of disbelief. He's kept you in a fog that your yesterday is clouded. And I'm telling you if you, could just, if you could just keep your focus on what God wants, it will amaze you. It will energize you. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. But here's the deal. Completion requires attention. So I've got three inspiring life points for you this morning. And you might just take a picture of them instead of writing them down because they're a little bit wordy. How many are with me so far? Let, 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 me, let me take a poll. Has anyone in here ever dealt with nagging regret? Has there anyone in here ever dealt with just some irritation from something? It could be an ongoing habit, problem, sin. Hey, come on. Has anyone ever, has anyone ever procrastinated? Have you ever just left work and thought, I'm going to go home and do da 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 And you get home, you get something to eat, and you sit down. We have this couch at home, this big leather sectional. 
And it has this supernatural power that when you sit on it, it just goes, ah. We, we were talking backstage to, to um, one of the video guys, and have you ever just sat down, because streaming's so cool now, but like, you know, there's Netflix, there's, there's um, Prime, there's all this, and, and like, you can't watch something because everything else that might be on that you can't figure out which one is the best one to watch. Anyone ever have that battle? And so you're like, Hi. what do you want to watch? I don't know. What do you want? I don't know. Well, how about this? Okay, well, what about that? That looks better. What about that? Well, and you're in that church, and, and then you're just wore out, and just then you fall asleep. It's like midnight, and you wake up, and you're like, okay, tomorrow when I get home, I'm going to do the da 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 And a couple of days go by, and you're frustrated. Why? Because your list is growing larger instead of smaller because you procrastinated and focused on some other things. So I got three challenges for you. Elbow somebody and say it's about to be good. Number one, it's time. Everyone say it's time. It's time. What are we talking about? Life is made up of seasons. In those seasons is time. In those times are kairos moments. God's doing some brand new Kairos moments. You need to keep it in focus, strive forward, bear down on it, and you'll experience the best of God. Point number one, it's time. Look at someone said, it's time. It's time to stop living out of memory and start living out of imagination. Now, my wife and Pastor Brittany up here are the only ones clapping when I said that. So we're just going to go and have coffee and talk about this. Come on. I said it's time for you to stop living out of your memories and start living out of imagination. You, 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 you know what's so amazing about little kids is their imagination. And this is what they say. The older you get, you start losing your imagination. Doesn't have to be, but that's what we do. We start living out of reality, and we start living out of regret and irritation and procrastination, and we've stopped living out of imagination. But 23 is a year of innovation, which is imagination. It's a year of change. It's a year of progress. Come on, am I talking to someone? Don't let the memories be bigger than the moments God wants to do in your tomorrow. The pain of you staying where you're at right now is greater than the pain that it's going to take to change where you could be. Well, change is, change is, that's painful. How many know change can be painful? But the pain of staying right where you're at is greater than the pain of change. I wrote this down. Listen to this. Pick a fight with complacency and allow change to occur. Pick a fight with your complaint. Pick a fight with your yesterday. Pick a fight with your regret. Pick a fight with your irritation. Don't just receive it. Don't let it be what you're dragging into your new season and your new, loca your new location and your new tomorrow. Life point two. Do you like the first one? Yes. It's time. Say it's time. it's time. It's time to put God's exclamation point where you kept a comma, question mark, or period. Did y'all hear that? It's time to put God's exclamation, you know what an exclamation point is? Hey, said that. You've, 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 you've put question marks and you've put your own periods and you've put your own commas. That's so true. Let me prove it. I know what God said, but. Could God really do what he said? This is what I think. That's putting your period and your question mark and your comma where God said, thus saith the Lord. You're healed, you're blessed, you're free. And you're saying, yeah, but. What, what if you left here this morning knowing this? I'm, I'm almost done. 
You, you might be one really, really good decision from walking into a new season. Your money might be one really good God decision from a breakthrough. Your, your, your healing might be one really good, your marriage might be one really good decision from healing, from restoration. You, you, your future might be one really, really good God. Just put an exclamation Mark, where you've been sticking periods, question marks, and commas. I know he's a healer, but I know he's a provider, but I know he's Jehovah Jireh, but I, I know God's good, but the White House. I know he's good, but CNN said. You've been putting their exclamation points where God's exclamation points should be in your life. Amen. Amen. Last, last one, number three. It's time to push offshore so you can experience a brand new horizon. Time to push off the shore so you can see a brand. You can't see the new horizon from the same shore. Listen to this. This is good. Y'all doing all right? Man, we want God to do something new while we keep doing the same old thing. No, did you hear me? We want God to do something new and we keep doing the same old thing. It don't work that way. That's called insanity. Insane in the membrane is what that is. Maybe you need to change something up, alter a little something, freshen up your faith. Love this story. February 19, 1519, um, Spanish explorer Hernan Cortes sailed to Mexico. He took with him 11 ships, 13 horses, 110 sailors, and 553 workers. Two previous expeditions didn't even create a small settlement. But he did something that the history books say are epic. When he landed on shore, he gave this command to all of his men, burn all the ships. We're not going back. And he settled South America, created settlements all through South America. Why? Because he didn't have a backup plan. He didn't have plan B. He was going to trust what God said. He was going to believe what God was saying. He, he, he didn't have, in church, we don't have a backup plan. We don't need a backup plan. We still have plan A. We still have plan A. We still have plan A. Burn your plan B. Burn your what if. Burn your whys. Burn your regret. Burn your irritation. Burn your procrastination. And say, not going back. Not going back there. Not going back to that habit, that addiction, that problem, that feeling, that place. Not going back. I've crossed the line. I've burnt the ships. Amen. Amen. Can we stand for just a moment? Can we just give God some praise for a moment? God, we praise you. We worship you. God, we honor you.